I don't think that the data privacy concerns are going to kill digital advertising. I think they're going to evolve digital advertising. Hey, Stockardians, welcome back to the show. It's that time of the month that we have our special guest from Seven Investing in the studio, or actually in his studio, and I'm in my own studio recording today's episode. Uh, Simon Erickson, founder and CEO of 7investing.com is here. Simon, say hi to everybody and we'll jump into today's episode. Hoda, it's always a pleasure to be here. I'm glad to be here in my studio in Houston, but I'd be glad to send you a 7investing marquee to your studio in California if you'd ever like. <laughs> we should do that. Maybe we should swap a stock card, you know, neon sign <laughs> behind you. And you got it. You got it. Tell me in. Awesome. So today we're talking about digital advertising, Simon. You and I talked about it last time when we wrapped up the previous episode. And um, we just in the past months or so, we launched this digital advertising uh, collection or theme on a stock card, which is a full research we do about the, the, the drivers of growth in this industry and different subsegments of this industry, uh, which a lot of our actually stock guardians have received a copy on that in the last email, uh, sort of this week, this week at a stock card email. Some users have already might have seen it, but I'm very excited to have this conversation with you because you're coming at it from a very specific point of view uh, about one of the subsegments of digital advertising. Uh, so we're going to dig deep into it, but let's just first define what we when we talk about digital advertising. What are we even talking about? What do you define as digital advertising, Simon? Yeah, advertising is going over the internet, right? And that's transitioned over several years and decades, as we all know. It's not just all desktop computers anymore. There was kind of this mobile ad revolution where you're going through apps, which is very different from just going onto a website through a website navigator. And then, of course, we've got even some new ways that, that advertising is being delivered these days, too, right? Podcasts is a really big thing. Everybody's got Spotify. Everyone's got a direct relationship with, with streaming. And, uh, and I think that the biggest one of all is going to be over the top, which we've seen coming for years and is finally here. Connected TV is the most lucrative ad rates of all of digital advertising. So it's kind of a big field. There's different silos or buckets you can look at. But for investors, it's fascinating because this is an innovative field. Moves very quickly. A lot of opportunities for big companies and small ones alike. Yeah, that's true. And I've seen there's two school of thoughts about it. One is people who are worried about uh a sort of like people moving away from free stuff and a sort of things around privacy concern. We've seen so many ad blocking apps coming up, privacy concern issues by regulators out there. So there's that one school of thought that actually digital advertising has a lot of um, like a lot of challenges in order to grow as an industry. And then on the uh, positive side, I saw research done by Arc Invest uh, recently, and they were talking about the discretionary amount of time we spend online is rapidly growing from 20% of our time before the COVID-19 pandemic era, all the way to half of our time expected to be spent online on digital channel. And when there is eyeballs there, and when there is attention there, there will be advertising dollar. So what is your point of view in this one driver that is going to grow and then this whole notion of concerns around whether actually digital advertising can survive considering all this regulatory issues and concerns around privacy where do you land um and these two school of thoughts uh, they're both true you know there's definitely going to be more spent time spent online there's definitely going to be more opportunity for advertising but to your point uh hoda you know i don't think that 
the data privacy concerns are going to kill digital advertising. I think they're going to evolve digital advertising. Mm. We've kind of seen this for several years. You know, we, we've seen that, that people have a growing distaste for the company formerly known as Facebook, now Meta Platforms, of just it was behind the scenes. You know, they were taking all this data, they were using it for their own purposes. You don't know what you were getting yourself into. And between that and kind of the regulations that took place in Europe, uh, consumers now want to be able to, to know how their information is being used and even better opt in to allow websites to understand. Uh, that's, not, that's been the third party cookie, which we followed for a long time, but even that is starting to evolve even today. Uh, the, the first step was, was took place last year, right? We saw uh, Apple with its iOS 14.5 update where now the device uh, identifier, so the, the iPhone that you were using uh, was allowing you to opt in to personalize advertisements on certain applications or on certain sites. And this is a big deal, right? Because most people or a lot of people were saying, hey, I'm fed up with these ads. I don't want them anymore. And kind of industry-wide data that we've seen from that that took place last year was there was still about 20% of an overall consolidated average of people were willing to opt in to still see advertisements, which is interesting, right? Because the ad, the ad blocker pluses of the world, you know, we always kind of had this growing distaste for ads anyway, but advertising as a whole is still not inherently bad. It's just that you don't like those pesky ads that have nothing to do with what you want. Uh, if I was getting advertisements from Stock Card to get a, a discount on your service and I love it anyway, that's a great advertisement for me. That'd be something that I would want to see. So the real, the, the evolving part of this is advertisers are going to have to get smarter about placing the right ads for the right people on the right sites. And publishers are going to need to offer something to embrace the people that are coming to their websites to want to see those personalized ads. Mm -hmm. If you can figure that out and get the 20% or higher of the people that want to see those ads happy with seeing them, you're able to support higher pricing. The industry evolves. It flushes out the stuff and the crap that we don't want to see and keeps the good parts that, that we actually do. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it's not to your point, it's not going anywhere. It's actually getting evolved and getting more accurate and more even impactful. Um, I mean, they're, they're forced to be right because regulators won't allow it and users and consumers as consumers, we don't want that like free flow of Oh, yeah, you monetize my data as much as you want and don't give me anything in return. So that is evolving, which brings me to sort of these sub-segments of the digital advertising market. Um, we've seen companies who are building software uh, for improving this world of evol evolving how digital advertising has been done. We've seen a lot of companies that use digital advertising as their business model. And then we've seen um, agencies that are becoming a lot more uh, smart about finding and allocating um, digital advertising spots on different channels for the brands. And to what you alluded at early on, we've seen this convergence between TV programming and TV advertising and digital advertising. Um, so maybe we talk about that because that sounds or seems to be one of the fastest growing segments of digital advertising known as programmatic advertising. I'd love to learn from you because I know you've done a lot of work on this. What is this whole programmatic advertising and how do you see digital advertising or advertising changes on TVs um, considering this evolution of, or the future of ads? That's a fantastic question. I'll answer this the best I can, Hoda. Starting at the 10,000 foot level, advertising is all about the sales funnel. Right. If you can convert at the highest ROI that your ads will allow for you to, 
that's what you put all of your money into. Mm -hmm. At first, it was just physical billboards on highways. And people would only, the advertisers would only know how many people were driving by the billboard. They had no idea who was actually looking at their ads. Mm -hmm. And then came the internet, where you could actually get a little bit of, you know, click-through rates and, you know, some other information about where you were placing ads and what people were seeing. Now we're starting to get an even more evolved advertisement, mm -hmm. which has got a, a little bit more intent based around it, right? You can actually know what types of shows people are watching on a connected TV when you're streaming a show on, on a Roku channel or something like this. Mm -hmm. And then the reason that Mark Zuckerberg is so excited about the metaverse is there's going to be even more interaction between people that are actually doing things in virtual reality that is, of course, the advertiser's dream because they can see what they're doing, what they're interested in, who other people they're interacting with. It's all data. As mm -hmm. we're digitizing all of that, you've got a better and better ROI for an advertising spend. And that's the end of the day, what's most important here. Mm -hmm. Connected TV, the format can be very different than it is um, for an internet display ad. Internet display ad is typically kind of static. You get a little bit of information about the demographic that's seeing that page, but in a program, which you can kind of make some assumptions about the people watching the show, what they're interested in, is it a sports show, is it an entertainment show, you know, whatever else that might be, you can play around with those ads in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And they're, the companies that are creating these are calling this branded content. The mm -hmm. content creators of the advertisers have more flexibility so they can start collecting more and more data, improving their ROI and learning a lot more about their audience. Uh, it just kind of one final note on this is it's kind of the same reason that Amazon wants to get into your living room the reason that A-L-E-X-A -E is so popular, I will not say her name or she'll respond to me right now, yeah. is because they want to know your purchasing behaviors. And so, of course, Amazon, a large e-commerce platform, um, intent-based advertising is a holy grail for anyone. That's kind of what everyone's trying to do. And there's different formats that are allowing for that. Well, yeah, that, that's very true. So what, what we're talking about is that um, even TV is getting advertising and TV is getting smarter because now there is access to a lot more information um, uh, through digital TV uh, and something like Roku or some of the platforms like Roku have access to that kind of data, um, which is quite important for getting it more accurate. So if you want to take it next level, but like there's the channel, there's like a Roku of the world. And then there is other companies like uh, we've talked about it, the trade desk, and that sort of act as a um, intermediary between users or brands and the channel. So between Roku and maybe Pepsi, who wants to put an ad on, on Roku TV. And so can you talk about how does programmatic advertising like type of platform work um, that, uh, that is different from what was happening before? Yeah, it's, it's, I always love this analogy that say they're in this giant auditorium ballroom, right? And there's 20,000 people in there, but there is one buyer that's meant to meet with one uh, seller that's out there. And so how do those people kind of connect with each other? They kind of, you know, got to wander around and maybe eventually after a long time, the right person will meet the right person and they shake hands and they do a deal, an auction. But programmatic is meant to use AI to immediately connect those two people and say, this is the, the placer of the ad, and this is going to be the person that is placing the ad, uh, the advertiser meeting the publisher, so to speak, and immediately have that happen in a sixth of a second. And so programmatic advertising platforms are meant to facilitate those auctions as quickly and as effectively as they possibly can. Um, so that you know, if you are representing the ad agencies, like the trade desk, as you mentioned, would be, uh, they can immediately put their, their client spend uh, as efficiently as possible to get them the highest return on investment as possible. 
then you've also got the supply side side of the platform too, the people that are representing the publishers, the sites that are going on out there, the ESPN.coms of the world, the Disney.com, you know, whatever website, whatever app, whatever um, streaming station you're watching, that can get the highest ad price possible from those, you know, when those two meet at the middle, there's kind of, there's got to be a, a handshake where it's a win for both parties. They're sometimes in conflict with each other. One's trying to get the highest prices, the other's trying to get the highest ROI. But the programmatic industry is all about facilitating those online handshakes as quickly and as efficiently as they possibly can. That makes a lot of sense. It's almost like, okay, Facebook um, platform, not the company, has been able to sort of create that um finding the best spot for your ads on their own platform google like alphabet they've also found a way to do that for their own properties which is google search and all that good stuff but everybody else doesn't have that functionality so if you want to put your ad on espn or put it on roku's tv programming nobody else, nobody had had that technology that allows for brands to find the right spot on the publishers and someone like trade desk is the kind of company that allows everybody else everything else, every other ad spot except facebook and, and google properties they also get access to this like higher matching between the, the spots and ads which is quite cool so let's talk about some of these companies in this programmatic advertising we already talked about the trade desk is that that's the one i actually own some shares um uh, from a couple of years ago perhaps is there is that the only one is that the leader or there, is this like a growing industry do you see google and facebook of the world enter into this space or not like what, what's happening to that that programmatic advertising space trade desk is a great one a great ceo great company great culture there they're definitely doing things right let me present the other side of that same programmatic uh, ad negotiation, right? Trade Desk is representing in the advertisers. They want to get the best ROI that they can, but they've got to meet up with supply side platforms, which would represent the publishers. And these are the companies like the Magnites of the world, the Pubmatics of the world. Uh, they're trying to create a platform that if you are a publisher, you want to write, get the right ad in front of your audience because data privacy and everything like we talked about before, but also get the highest rate that you possibly can for it. I think they have a lot to win as we're moving away from desktop and away from mobile and moving to connected TV. Hoda, some numbers I pulled a couple of months ago for you here was if you're looking at niche data targeting, right? So this is actually, you know a little bit about your audience. It's kind of a smaller pool that you're fishing in. Um, a, a display ad on a desktop site might get $3 per thousand views per CPM for something that was displaying on a web page on a desktop. If you're mobile, you might get $6 per thousand CPM for a thousand views uh, for niche data targeting. Connected TV CPM for this is $100, right? So depending on how you look at it between, um, what is that, 16 and 33 times greater pricing because you've got more interactive ads with an audience that's more captive. That's why this is so interesting. And, you know, people are starting to, to move uh, as we're cutting the cord. You know, everybody's got a streaming station now. We've already talked that um, Roku has got 60 million US members and that's more than all of the US cable companies combined right now. I mean, this is a thing. And uh, the publishers are certainly paying attention to this. Now they're starting to figure out how can you attract the right advertisers to their station. So I think that, that Roku's a winner from this. Uh, you had mentioned the trade desk. They're definitely a winner from this. I think Magnite and Pubmatic, the supply side of this, deserve a lot of investor attention well, as well. Um, it's, a, it's an early innings for this. We, we saw Roku just get slammed 
uh, stock got hammered, but I think that's more of a short-term thing, especially when you kind of consider there was 73 billion streamed hours this last year, and it's growing at 25% year over year. There's no slowdown in the move towards streaming and connected TV. Well, going back to we're spending more as society, we're spending more time online on digital channels and you watch TV even on our desktops. Or even if you watch TV on TV, the actual device, but there are digital um, channels because they're connected to internet and provide that in a digital way. And so regardless of what's happening to the stock price and what people think what's happening next quarter or this quarter and that kind of stuff, the direction is as a society, we're going to spend more time there. Therefore, advertising dollars going to follow it. So that that sort of gives me a lot of confidence and things like Roku or the trade desk are probably going to be winner at the end of the day. Um, and uh, that's just because that's where society is going to go. There's no stopping to it. Um, interesting. So I recently saw there is a, a ETF that is specifically focused on digital advertising and just pick up these stocks that are focusing on digital advertising as we were doing research for our digital advertising collection. And uh, some of the companies you mentioned, the Trade Desk is there, uh, Pubmatic is there, but just the fact that a company a financial company decided to create a ETF that is solely focused on digital advertising as as an investment vehicle tells me that there's something really big happening in this market. That's why people are creating uh, ETFs or specific financial products. And there's enough companies that are focusing on this space that is worth even creating a collection of it um, that goes into an ETF. So I know at Seven Investing, you uh, each focus on one segment in uh, digital advertising or one sector uh, who is responsible for sort of like this digital advertising or the consumer internet is that you or is it any of the other analysts i have put more more digital advertising companies on our seven investing scorecard than any of our other lead advisors uh, but i'm certainly not the only one hoda we've got quite a few that have put picks on the seven investing scorecard okay excellent so you're the right person to ask what is one stock in the digital advertising space that you would consider as a good buy and uh, why compared to everybody else uh, out there? Yeah, again, I, I think that there's kind of this, um, there's gonna be this migration away from the walled gardens, right? Like when you're talking about ETFs and you know maybe if we're looking at those, it'd be worth taking a look at the constituents and see what the largest uh, companies uh, percentage-wise, allocation-wise is in an ETF. Because mm -hmm. I do think that, that the, the Facebooks of the world have a lot to lose. Right. Facebook said that it's what was it, 10 trillion, uh, sorry, 10 billion dollars in sales that it's expecting to lose just from Apple's changes last year. Yeah. Uh, we just saw that now Android, you know, Google has also is uh, chatting about in a couple of years, limiting cross app tracking too. the third party cookie is already phasing out. There's going to have to be a new way of identity. Um, Google is not going to blow hole, holes in its own boat. It still wants to be an advertising company yeah. and it wants to be an appealing place for companies to place advertising. But with all of the regulations and all the consumer data privacy concerns out there, those are the companies that have a lot to lose. And they've got to kind of shift their entire business from the walled garden approach that they've, that they've taken for so long. I'm really much more interested in the independence. Um, you know, we had mentioned several of them earlier on this program, but I think that this is why connected TV, which isn't quite so entrenched like desktop and mobile is, you know, that has the apps that have already kind of functioned this way for so long, I mean, this is a little bit more of the Wild West. It's still a less than 10% stake of overall digital advertising, but it used to be just, 
you were working with Facebook or you were working with Google or you weren't doing digital advertising five years ago. Now you've got more options. There's a more open internet of information that's out there, Hoda. I would encourage investors to, to maybe go a little bit more risk tolerant in this space, um, especially with, you know, we're coming off of COVID. There wasn't a whole lot of advertising going on when people were staying at home. That's relaxing a little bit right now. Um, we've seen tech stocks just get hammered these last six months. So valuations are really kind of, in my opinion, attractive. Again, um, this might be a, a very lucrative space. We mentioned Roku, we mentioned Magnite, we mentioned Pomatic. Um, those are three that I, I maybe as a starting point are, are worthy of some more investor attention and research. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And would you move away dollars from, I don't know whether your personal portfolio has like Facebooks and Googles of the world, but, uh, and you may be holding them for different reasons, not just for digital advertising, but would you move away dollar from those old guards of the industry to some of these new ones? Or do you think there's a, still a space for Facebook and Google in the digital advertising space? I moved my money out of Facebook years ago, you know, and maybe that was even a little too soon, uh, but it's it's coming back to look like a good move now. You know, the FTC has got Facebook and its crosshairs and, you know, just the intense pressure on, on M&A of these tech companies. You know, it's hard to make any acquisitions anymore without regulators just swarming to the pheromones that these big tech companies are giving off right now. Um, I am much more interested in ones that it can be a little more nimble and not so tied to the legacy way of doing things. It's tough to be a tech company right now when you've, you've got your cash cow, your cash flows are coming from something that's, that's getting so much scrutiny and attention. I think it's no surprise that Zuckerberg has renamed the company, is really, really interested in the metaverse right now. Um, but for, for me personally, th there's great moats. I mean, you continue to see the top five companies in the S&P continue to get bigger and actually provide the majority of the S&P's returns this last year. I'm a little bit more wary about that going forward the next year, the next two or three years. I think that if the open internet really does have legs, there's a lot more opportunity for companies that are sitting at a three or $5 billion valuation right now. Yeah, I love it. You're right. Basically, if you're trying to outperform significantly, you want to go there, the, where things are getting started, not companies who are trying to defend themselves. So they're not defensive. They're actually really aggressively building towards like a better future. Uh, I like that approach. That makes a lot of sense. So is there, I mean, we know every emerging industry assignment has a fad or a hype cycle that is going on for it. We've talked about this in previous episodes when you had we had you on the show. Is there a segment of digital advertising in your point of view that is bad or very hype, hyped uh, these days that you would want to stay away from? And I know it's a very difficult question because it's a, it's a very emerging market by itself, uh, but have you come across a, a sub-segment of the market that is so hypey and it's just you don't see any value in there? That's a, that's a good question, Hoda. Maybe I answer this, maybe this isn't the right answer that you're looking for on this one, but I, one thing that I am critical of in, in, in advertising, I put that one kind of in quotes, is you see a lot of... Um, Amazon has put a lot of attention in its, in its quarterly results on its advertising segment, right? It is charging the people that are placing products on its platform to get the premier placement, right? It's just like you, you used to go to Target if you wanted the end cap where everybody was looking at it, you had to pay a premium to, to place your products there. That is kind of being categorized as advertising within Amazon. I consider that to be more of a tax of, of Amazon, that it's placing on its own clients 
especially when you've got other options, the Shopify's of the world, whatever else it might be. I'm a little more critical of, of advertising like that, where it's still within a platform. Uh, it's within Amazon. Amazon's capturing all of that good. It's more of a tax that if you want to play the game and get noticed on our platform, uh, you're going to have to pay us a little bit more money to get that prime placement. It's great that Amazon's able to command that. They've gotten big enough and successful enough that they can do that and flex their muscle. But to me, there are plenty of other options that if you are a retailer or you're creating a widget or whatever else you want to sell on the internet, um, you're not so tied to necessarily doing that. And I think that there's certainly a ceiling or a cap of how much you're willing to pay before you just say, hey, that's enough. I'm going to go do something else. The ROI still is the most important metric for anyone that's advertising on the internet. Yeah, I like that perspective. Because as I said, it's a very difficult question because it's difficult to figure out where the hype is. But we've seen an element of that backlash even to Apple when um, some of these like app developers try to question their sort of keeping this close guard against like where they where and how they place um, uh, apps into their app store or how much they charge these apps for the transaction that goes through app store. So that sort of when you were explaining Amazon um kind of taxing its own partners to place an ad in their in their in their environment it sort of reminded me that everybody as these companies get so much bigger smaller companies and people who work with them start having a backlash against so much monetized like almost nickel and diming every move they're making on these platforms just because they have access to the audience obviously that's super important but at some point the audience will move on to other platforms and then it would be very difficult to um to charge that sort of tax that's a really good uh, point cool well uh we uh it's always sad to say that we're uh, coming to the end of the episode we've been talking almost 30 minutes with you um maybe as usual we talk about where can people find uh seven investing and what's up in the seven investing world what's happening there and if you have any update on the seven investing portfolio on the stock card uh, well, well first of all i'm always excited to be on the show with you every month uh, thank you hoda thank you for being a partner with us too at stock card uh, one thing that we've started doing just recently is putting our monthly best buy on stock card uh, on our on our page that we have on stock card we're putting our seven investing best buy of the team we're exclusively doing that on stock card. we're not putting that anywhere else on the internet it's just i really enjoy this partnership i want to show you uh, some of the ideas that we have and the full reports will be available so if you subscribe to our stock card page or you sign up with stock card and use our seven investing code uh, you'll get access to that and i encourage everybody to see what the other advisors on this team are choosing. Uh, but you know, our, our, our business at Seven Investing is to go out and find our very best ideas in the stock market. My goodness, we're kids in a candy store right now. There's so many opportunities and bargains. Uh, we've got some really, really good ones coming up here on March 1st. We have a very diverse team, whether it's AI, whether it's biotechnology, whether it's uh, financial services. We're uncovering a lot of rocks out there. I'm really proud of our research and our reports. And we come up with seven stock ideas each and every month. Seveninvesting.com is our website. Fantastic. Simon, as usual, thanks for doing this. Hopefully people visit seveninvesting.com uh, or seven investing portfolio on a stock card, which end up in your uh, website as well. There's a link to it. We'll put a link to your uh, website in the show notes. We'll also put a link to the uh, digital advertising report that we did for stock guardians and it's free available for anyone in the show notes. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully have you back in the studio soon, next month. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me, Hoda.